Welcome to the Rekindling Ministries podcast series. This is episode 3.03. Today we are unpacking and, and wrapping our minds around the, our first concept, which is hope. My name is Shannon Kirkpatrick, and I am the director of Rekindling Ministries. And my name is Zach Rios, and I'm a student at Liberty University studying youth ministry and pastoral leadership. And we also have our first guest of the podcast series. Woo, big deal. Uh, I have Brittany McLean with us. So Brittany and I have known each other for a long time, and she's taken a bunch of the unpacking studies. Hope was definitely one of her favorites, and she had some really cool like insights and conclusions when she went through the study, and so I wanted to invite her to join us. So welcome, Brittany, for coming. I really appreciate it, guys. I will enjoy being here, and just thank you, and I just uh, hope that God continues to bless you. Cool. All right, so let's first dive into just a quick intro for the episode. So for those of you, if this is your first episode ever listening to Rekindling, you're like, I don't know what's going on here. Um, the reason, well, I'll say the, the point of Rekindling is that we're trying to rekindle passions for God, others, and self by applying the details of the Scripture to the details of our lives. And so we did two seasons already. This is now the third season, uh, which is on the Unpacking series. And the reason why we had actually set up these unpacking studies, we've been doing them for a couple years now, is I really do believe like, like the magic of Scripture happens in its comprehensive details. And so a lot of times like you'll read some article about some concept and it'll just give it'll give a couple verses or like one key passage and tell you really some good insights but not everything and so I knew I'm like what would it look like to actually try to go through all of scripture and read every passage on some topic and getting into the Hebrew and Greek wording as well uh, and what would that look like what could we learn I feel like we could trust the the results a lot more yeah. uh, and so that's what started the unpacking study mm-hmm. so and then quickly the the method that we do um, it's pretty intense. They're in four-week studies, usually in groups of like five to 15, depending on the topic. And we, first, we start off with identifying the concept that we want to, to discuss or study, which like today is hope. And then we get also get into the family of words that we're going to look up when, when we're looking this passage up. Then we dive into the original languages. So in the Hebrew and the Aramaic and the Greek, what, what are the original words? What are their, what are their definitions? We'll look up Merriam-Webster and Farlex dictionaries and see how they, they define the terms. And we'll come up with like an initial working definition uh, and then we dive into the, to the passages of Scripture. And so we use different software tools with eSword and Logos, and, and we'll look up every verse that we can find on that concept, and then we split it up each week with the group, each person having usually between 30 and 80, depending on how many people and how many passages, yeah. um, 30 to 80 verses that they'll go through contextually uh, and make some notes that then they share with the group in the next week. And so as we're doing that, we'll pull the whiteboards up, and we'll take all kinds of notes and of our insights and observations and patterns and uh, et cetera, uh, application, and we and we're trying to form that solid, as complete as we can picture uh, of what the Bible's trying to paint on that topic. And then in the final week, we answer four questions. So given everything that we've been discussing and learning, how would we define this, this concept biblically? How does it work? Like, how does one acquire it? How do you use it? What are the results or benefits to, to using this concept? What's my motivation there? And then personal application. How is this actually affecting me? And so when we do the studies, we do, we do all of that. We had thought about when we were recording these episodes that we would record kind of in the same fashion. We realized that's just too much. Yeah, and actually, just a quick note on that: we actually uh, we go through and discuss that whole process in a lot more detail back in episode three point zero zero. So, right. if you're interested about that whole process, you can go back and yeah. hear that then. Uh, and so, and so, what we found, and so, if what we're hoping, we're going to give you guys the summaries uh, of all this, and then if you actually, well, how did you get there? To the summary, you can actually get the notes and and, and kind of do it on your own. Uh, and so far, so far, what I have found personally is. 
when we're going through all these, I love actually getting to the realness, and, and I'm finding that in most of these concepts, there's a grittiness to it that's actually very almost difficult at times to use, but it makes a lot more sense once you hear it and not just taking a superficial definition. And then I like just repeatedly each of these studies actually confirm each other and so if you're like oh is it really saying that i'm not for sure oh but this study actually says that which would confirm this those are the things that that i like best you guys have each done a dozen or more of these unpacking mm -hmm. studies what have you guys liked about them probably the big things that i enjoy about doing the studies is digging deeper into the details of god's word which will clarify who he truly is and <laughs> It will also be leading to a stronger faith. So when we get put in our mission fields, we really can end up being a strong witness to others. So you found that, one, this brings a lot of clarity, mm -hmm. uh, which helps you better understand kind of who God is. Absolutely. And which has strengthened your faith. Absolutely. Within acting on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And for me, it's really interesting how when you really begin to apply the details of the Bible to the details of your life, how just application comes so naturally, and you're able to really begin to say, okay, so this is what it's supposed to look like for me to do this concept. What what does it look like to really begin to do that? And then as you start doing that, it just really uh, helps you to grow and just spiritually mature so much better and just at a deeper level than if you are just dealing with generalities. Mm -hmm. So I want, to, I want to encourage the listeners, you know, with the first season with the Know They Self or with the, the lenses, you know, we, we were showing you guys different paradigms or perspectives to kind of live by. And we were encouraging you guys to test them out, to go ahead and try to see your situations through those lenses and, and, and act accordingly. Mm -hmm. And then the second season with the Know They Self, actually, I, I just got an email um, from somebody in China, American that is going through the Know They Self season right now, answering all the questions. That's exciting. Uh, which is yeah. kind of cool, yeah. And so encourage people to, to answer those questions so they can figure themselves out. So here we are in season three with the unpacking, so we want to encourage the listeners um, to, as we go through these summaries, act as if they're true. You know, and ask, what if that's true? What if that really is the meaning of the concept and its implications? And test it out for yourself and, and see, see what kind of changes will occur. So all that said, we're going to dive into our first concept, which is hope. And so the first question is, but, but why hope first, right? And so for me, the, the reason why I chose the, to, to have hope be, and, and as we go through all these studies, every one of them is going to be into a kind of standalone. So you could listen to any episode you want on their own, but there is a general kind of logic or flow uh, to the order that I created. Uh, and so the reason why I wanted to do the hope first you know, 1 Corinthians 13 says um, that these three continue, faith, hope, and love. And so I knew that those are like the big three that we want to start with. And, and you're going to find, as, as you hear what hope is biblically and then also what faith is, it makes sense to me that hope comes initially. Hope comes first. Hope is what's going to kind of encourage you or, or drive you uh, to then place your faith in God. And then as you're placing your faith in God, the main thing you're supposed to do is go love. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's going to be the general order. So the way that, that these next several episodes are going to go, this one's on hope. The next one's going to be on heaven, which to me is like the greatest fulfillment of hope. Um, and then we'll do one on faith. And then we're going to do one on maturity. So to me, just real quick, going back to the seven-stage journey, yeah. faith is like getting into Jesus' boat uh, and doing the boat riding. And then the maturity or the sanctification is getting out in the water and, and maturing in that. We might, we might squeeze humility in there as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then... And then 
then we'll get into love. Um, episode is the fifth or sixth one we're going to do. So that just gives you kind of a ballpark of, of why we're starting with that. It was I, I thought it was interesting how many different verses actually mention faith, hope, and love together. First Corinthians 13 was the first one that I saw. Um, but I know First Thessalonians 1.3, he talks about constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and the steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of, of our God and Father. And then in First Thessalonians 5.8, it says, but since we are of the day instead of the night, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation, which, by the way, goes to kind of the, the mental part, mm-hmm. which we're going to get into momentarily here. Anyways, so that's, that's why I chose to have us do hope first. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense, and I hope that as we go through and explain all of this that you guys will be able to see uh, just even more clearly that progression and how these really are foundational to uh, just Christianity as a whole, just faith, hope, and love. Um, And there's a myriad of verses that talk about those separately and together, like you just said. And so as we go through, we really hope that you'll be able to see um, how this all works together, maybe understand some of our... uh, just reasoning behind doing it in this way and that it can really just be encouraging for you guys. Yeah. So let's go ahead and dive into the study. So the first thing is the wording. And so we want to give you some of the the key, we're not going to give you all of them, but we'll give you, give you some of the key uh, Hebrew and, and Greek words that are translated hope in the English. Uh, and, and so you can see some of the definitions. And by the way, if you are like a, a, a Hebrew speaker, uh, either ancient or modern, we apologize ahead of time. Yep. <laughs> uh, we were just kind of guessing on, on, on how to pronounce some of these words. So one of the main words that's used is tikva. Uh, it's, um, and it, the literal meaning of it is a chord. And so figuratively, there's, it's, it means that the translation is an expectation or something to be longed for. One of the things when we did the study was like, so like imagine like you're kind of in the water um, close to drowning and there's a cord or a rope that you're hanging on to. Up above at the top of the cord, there's like some platform and the platform is where all the good stuff is. It's just right now you're just holding on to the cord until you can climb your way up there. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's the idea is that you're clinging to something to kind of keep from drowning. Yeah, and then a second main word that we saw was mikvah, and that's uh, something confidently waited for and really just uh, also a collecting together and so of water and different other things. Mm-hmm. And then uh, yakol means to patiently wait. Togleketh is <laughs> expectation. Uh, seber also means expectation. Kessel is uh, fatness, silliness, and then just trust and confidence. And that was an interesting one. So the word literally means to be you know, like a fatness or a silliness, mm-hmm. but a lot of times it's actually translated um, in the context, trust and confidence. I don't know the connection there, but it was interesting. <laughs> um, and then betak means a, a refuge, and that can be whether in like in fact, so there's there's a security sense to it, or it can be a feeling of refuge, which is more of the, the trusting sense. And then uh, another form of that word, batak, we saw, um, and that's to hide for refuge, and so hasten, go quickly towards refuge, and then just to put your trust and confidence in. And then there's mibtak, which means refuge. And yash, which is hope. This is like the opposite of mm-hmm. what hope would be, and so this is hopelessness without hope. And then it's really interesting because it says uh, it's the definition is to stop in despair, and so that tells us a lot about what hope actually is and continuing on. So if the hopeless means to stop, to stop in despair. What's the implication of the reverse of that of hope? Yeah, so that would be saying that uh, instead of stopping in our despair, that we uh, continue on whether or not that is in despair or not, uh, which we'll talk about later what that should actually be looking like. But So a keep going. Yeah, and so yeah. it's just a continuing on. 
as we're working through things. Yeah, and then the main uh, Greek word used is elpis, which means to anticipate or expect with confidence, which we're going to come back to momentarily with the the Merriam-Webster definitions. So those are the key words in the Hebrew and Greek. So one of the things that we did when we were doing the study is we started discussing some of the patterns that observe from that. So Brittany, can can you share with us, when when we had the discussion, what were some things that we saw or picked up on even just looking at the wording? Yeah, a couple of the th- uh, patterns we ended up noticing as a group, the group that I was in, I'm pretty sure it's about seven of us in this group, mm-hmm. was from the definitions that they gave us of the Hebrew and Greek was waiting, okay, patiently waiting, and then expectations, which is something to be longing for. And then the last one is a trust and confidence. Again, that's on context, on what you're reading mm-hmm. and how you're going to apply it also. Yeah. So, so those were some of the patterns that we saw initially. Then we looked up the Merriam-Webster, and Merriam-Webster gives two definitions for hope, and this really becomes kind of critical to this whole, whole discussion. And so those two reasons, one is to cherish a desire with anticipation, and the other is to desire with expectation of attainment, obtainment, uh, or to expect with confidence. And so what we saw there is there's, there's two, basically in English, mm-hmm. there's two definitions for hope. I want something to happen, and I expect something to happen. So, and it, it's funny, even like earlier you said, I, I hope that, we, you know, we hope that this happens for you listeners. Yeah. There, there's a desire element there, mm-hmm. um, a, a wish that we have. And, and so even in that phrase, hope against hope, mm-hmm. that would be the idea of I, I wish this would happen, though I'm not expecting it. I hope against hope, right? Uh, and so that becomes uh, a, key, a key point to this whole thing. Um, and I thought that was really good. And oh, and so and so biblically, whenever the, the the Bible's talking about hope, it does seem it's talking about the expectation piece, mm-hmm. not that desire wish piece, which is a stronger version. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the oh, and but now this this goes to a oh, they're the anacronyms. Go ahead and, and share with us. Um, I've heard two different anacronyms for hope. Yeah, so one of the first ones that I'm also familiar with is just holding on to positive expectations. And so that, uh, like you were just talking about, really encompasses that whole idea of expectation Mm -hmm. and how, as we are hoping, we are just holding on to those positive expectations. Yeah. Yeah, and then the one that I ended up hearing is hold on, pain ends, which goes back to me is having a strong faith. Even though you're believing, you don't expect it to happen, but it's mm. now what you want to happen, and you're continually persevering through it. So, you know, anacronyms don't ever give the complete full picture, but they do a lot of times give a really good one. So holding on right. to positive expectations or hold on pain ends, I like them, right? They're encouraging. Um, so those were some of the, the initial definitions. I want to take a quick side note on this. And I remember when, when we were in the study, we talked about it a little bit. We just, it was such a, it could be its own thing. So, but I, I wanted to reference it here. So we're talking about expectations. And so I'm, I'm always fascinated with the way the brain works uh, and how the brain forms expectations. And so this can't be an episode, like, you know, maybe one day we'll, we'll do a bunch of these like psychology and, and that, that kind of episodes that I really hope we can do that one yeah. day. Um, I thought about if I ever Which kind back, of hope are you hoping for the, with yeah, those? Uh, that's the desire hope. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, I have the two master's degrees, and so I'm, I'm kind of done with school. If I ever go back to get my PhD, I would like to actually get it like in neuroscience and how the brain mm-hmm. makes decisions. I'm fascinated with all that. Yeah. But anyway, so, so we'll at least reference where do expectations come from? And there are a couple different um, places. So one, one reason you have the expectations that you have is because you want them. 
So like, for example, if, um, if I say I have this expectation that as a teacher, people treat me with respect, what's really going on there is I want to be treated with, with respect and therefore I had that expectation. So that, that's one source. Um, what would another one be? Another one would just be uh, evidence. And so you can look around you and you can see different things and uh, form expectations based off of what you're seeing in reality. Example there. If, let's say, I have a cup of water that's teetering on the edge of a table, mm-hmm. uh, I would expect that it's going to fall off and spill water since it's not going to be able to support itself. And so that's just a practical yeah, example of what that yeah, would be. You see it wobbling, mm-hmm. what have you. Okay, well, what, what would another... Um, Okay, yeah, what would another example or another type, another f- uh, source of expectations be? Another one would be reason, logic, which is conditional or through past experiences. So it could be your nature or nurture you got brought up in. But an example of that could be if I'm going home and I'm going up Greenview, exit there, and I'm pretty sure from Liberty to Greenview, it takes me 15 minutes to get there, but at five o'clock, in the evening, it's going to take me longer because mm-hmm. I know there's traffic. So I might as well give myself plenty of time between that Greenview exit and all the way up to Timberlake. Yeah. So, for example, you're on top of a hill and you come down and you see all the traffic. The evidence is there. This is going to take time. Other times you haven't seen, right? Let's say Absolutely. you haven't even left work yet, but you know from past experiences this is going to happen. Yeah. So so your expectations may come from your desires and what you want. And even, that even comes back to kind of you mentioned the, the nature and nurture, how you're wired. Uh, it could be from, from evidence in the moment uh, of, of a uh, cause and effect. It could be from the rationale or logic from past experiences or even non-past experiences. So I gave you guys the example ahead of time when some buddies and I went to Algeria in North Africa a, a number of years ago. One of the guys in the, in the group um, was was like 6'3", redhead, real pale skin. None of us had ever been to Algeria before. None of us had ever been to a, a Middle Eastern culture before, but we could have the expectation that he was going to get a lot of looks. you know. And so kind of rationale or, or logic would, would, would dictate that. Um, and, and then another one is like unseen faith. You know, this could be the, the blind faith term we mentioned before. And the idea being that it's, it's not necessarily you know, what you're wanting to happen. It's not necessarily what, what um, past experiences or rationale or logic or, or evidence would, would show, but it's specifically what Scripture says. And so that could be another source of expectations. I have this expectation because the Scriptures tell me to have the expectation. And that might, that might show, like, also, too, as you're walking through life and you have different experiences with God, that'll help with that. Which could also be going towards that reliance upon or trust in something greater. So yes. then it goes to us digging deeper, which is pretty much the main, a big purpose of these unpackings is to dig deeper and have a stronger reliance on something greater. So it's perfect. That, and that's, that's our focus for this one. This, in this concept, as we discuss hope, what we're really focused on is the hope or those expectations that Scripture would say to have. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to give some examples of that uh, shortly. So, so given all of this uh, initial discussion with looking at the, the Hebrew and the Greek words and looking at the Merriam-Webster dictionary definitions and the anacronyms and, and even think about thinking about um, where expectations come from, we then form at least an initial uh, definition. Now, what we do in the studies is we form an initial one up, up front, and then by the end of it, we form a final one. So we're actually going to segue into those four questions where we're going to answer them. And so the first question is, given, and, and, and we're going to go through uh, Scripture, and we're, we're going to explain the nuances momentarily here, um, but given everything that we were learning from the study, what is your biblical definition of hope? 
So mine is, and so we'll each kind of give ours or, or add to it. Mine is to hold on to and take refuge in the confident expectation of some good thing, kind of in parentheses, that God is providing um, that's coming. So that, that's, that's my definition. So, so when we're going through all this stuff, I think about hope, and it really goes back to the anachronisms and everything else. But I want to um, basically learn and, and believe and take refuge in the, the expectations that God is bringing about. Brittany, what was yours? Mine was broken down into four different pieces, uh, active, passive, emotional, and intellectual. So quick summary of the active would be the longing for something or confident expectation, where the passive comes from some of the definitions of the Greek and Hebrew talking about the waiting. But it's also not just waiting, but it's patiently waiting in God's timing. That's hard, but we got to do it. And then the emotional is cherishing and trusting what God is doing and providing for us. Mm-hmm. And then the intellectual is confidence and security. Okay, good. Do you have anything to add? Yeah, and just something that happens a lot of different times as we go through these unpacking series is people will come in with preconceived notions of what they think that uh, a topic means. And so these can be scripturally based. Uh, a lot of times it's really just based on like culture. And so uh, hope, uh, what's hope? Holding on to positive expectations. Like that's just a phrase that we hear a lot of different times. Right. Uh, and that's actually more or less where my initial definition came from because uh, I had heard a lot of different times that hope can be defined, especially biblically, as that confident expectation. And so that's what I uh, was believing coming into the study. Yeah. So, so that's, that's, the, that's the definition. You know, at its core, what is hope? And so now I'm going to give, like, my summary, uh, my takeaway from the study. Then I'm going to have um, Brittany give hers, and we'll, we'll kind of go through all that. So for me, you know, as we, as we wrapped all this up, I'm, I'm looking at some Okay, so to, to hope, you know, of course, noun and verb— but it means to I, I need to learn lean, first learn what these expectations are and then hold on to them or take refuge or comfort in them that someday they're coming right. So some of the and, and I'm going to give you some of the verses here um, with this, but and it's it's kind of still hard for me to, to explain all this and, and wrap my mind around it. But one big thing that I learned from the study is there are both near hopes and far hopes. And so near hopes are those things that are coming soon, whatever soon is. Mm-hmm. And then the far hopes are those things that are coming on the other side of the, of the pearly gates. And so, and so the Bible you'd want to pay attention to when a Bible is giving a hope, is it saying this is a hope that you can expect soon in this life as you're going through some situation? Or is it a hope that you have to wait until the next life? So that, that was helpful for me kind of categorizing those two. Then, then within the near hopes, there's kind of like two subcategories under near hopes. There's companionship with God is one of the closest ones, and then possible like temporal blessings is the is the other one. Or another way to say this is there are there's the immediate intangible things that you can hope in, or there's the immediate tangible things. And this always reminded me of Larry Crabb's sixty six love letters. Or actually, I don't know if he, if, if he mentioned this in Love Letters or this is in one of his other books. But anyways, he talks about first things and second things. And he says, you know, first things are the most important, and then second things, and then you could even have third things. And he said that in the first things, there's actually only one thing in the first thing category, and that's intimacy with God. 
that is the first thing that everybody should be pursuing that it's hard to get, but once you get there, you're in a really, really good spot. Mm-hmm. Second things would be all these other really good, noble things like ministry and discipleship and, and marriage and, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, then, and then third things would be uh, the spices of life, you know, cable TV or PS4 video games, you know, or whatever. Sure. <laughs> um, but anyways, and so I really like the way that he said that is a lot of times we, we think second things are the top tier. So, you know, the, the marriage and love and relationships and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He goes, that stuff's all super vital, but it's still second things. The first thing is just God himself. The challenge that we face is that God is intangible and invisible and, and audible in this life. And so what we learned in the hope study, and I think Larry Carr would agree with this, is your hope must f- come in God, in your relationship with him, more than in the things of life, and that's really difficult to do. Yeah, and I think that that relates, that whole concept really relates back to the be-do-have lens that we discussed back in season one. Uh, Just that whole idea that first, you really need to be focused on uh, just your internal character before you can ever begin to figure out what you're supposed to do with your life and um, like what actions like ministry or whatever that may look like, and then the things that you have. And so making sure that we keep that in the right order. So as we were going through this, I started realizing, boy, this is going to be difficult. Well, this is not natural, right? It's contrary to kind of, kind of my flesh. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so in those near hopes, like, so in the, in the near hopes, I need to focus first on the first things and actually take more satisfaction in my ethereal, intangible companionship with God, even more than taking the satisfaction in these, these tangible things, which can come. The Bible does promise them, um, but, they're, but they're still secondary. And so, so for example, um, Job, in the book of Job, I think the hope is mentioned like 17 times, and Job slowly, through the entire process of the book, starts to learn that without God there is no hope. That For a while there he thought that God was taking away his hope, but then he came back around and realized that God's the source of hope, not the taker of it. Mm-hmm. And so he put himself back at God's feet, you know, and God rewarded him for that. Um, Psalms has a bunch of them. So Psalm 37, 39, 42, 62, 146. All of these passages talk about finding your hope in God. And again, this is not easy, and I don't think the writers meant lip service. I think they meant a very real thing about mm-hmm. it, which is very difficult you know, to do. Um, and so those were examples. Proverbs 23 talks about this, Jeremiah 14, Hosea 12. These are all different passages that would seem to emphasize, first and foremost, you want to place your hope in the, in the immediate but intangible companionship with God um, before you take hope in more measurable things, which First Timothy 6 also talks about. So, so that's, that's the near hopes. Then you have the far hopes, and so the far hopes are those coming tangible things. So, for example, in heaven, we're going to get to see God face-to-face, mm-hmm. right, you know, fully and, and physically, uh, and everything else that, that heaven entails. And so uh, Zechariah 9 and Matthew 12, Romans 4 and 8, Titus 2, these are all different passages that, that talk about that future hope, hope that we have coming um, with, with the companionship with God and, and all its details. So all that to say, it was helpful for me actually splitting these up into different categories. This helps my, my mind wrap yeah. around it more. And one of the things that jumped out at me is hope definitely includes a delayed satisfaction that you're actually finding a satisfaction in something coming separate from the satisfaction in experiencing the thing. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when I get to heaven, I'm going to find full satisfaction there because I'm going to get experience God and you guys and all of us in our complete forms and and the food and the the feast and all that kind of thing. And so I'll have a full satisfaction there. And, And that full satisfaction won't come until I get there. 
So there's, there's a delayedness to that. But I can still actually take satisfaction in the fact that it's coming. And so one example I can give is like if I know that um, I've got a vacation coming up, I've already bought the mm-hmm. tickets and, and that kind of deal, um, then I can take satisfaction and comfort knowing that that, that that vacation is coming. And then I'll have even more satisfaction uh, you know, when it comes. Well, first of all, first of all, where are we going on vacation? Second, um, you're talking about heaven and that stuff, which made me think during the study, we talked about Randy Alcorn's book. Yep. And a couple of the key points you pointed out there was worshiping God in community, worship him in formality, Mm. and also worshiping him intimately, which makes me think when you talked about Job, how Job and Job, he said, God is the source of hope. Mm -hmm. However, the Lord restores those who pray. So there's a big connection between prayer and hope, because once you have that intimate worship time with him and you're praying to him, you're able to cling on to God and cling on to hope that much more. Yep. And so and so this I guess what what I want the listener to hear from from this part is hope by definition does mean a delayedness to some extent. Um, and so, for example, like in the joy study that we're, we're going to do down the road, you can find a lot of joys now and the mm-hmm. joys in the future. But hope, part of the whole point of hope is that you're not getting full, fully satisfied yet. You're just finding some satisfaction or comfort or refuge in the fact that it's coming. And so this requires, we're going to get into in a minute here, kind of how to go about doing that. But two of the verses that I really like, Hebrews eleven thirty nine talks about, you know, the, the whole hall of heroes and, uh, and all these, these great people of faith. And he said that they, um, they had not received what was promised, um, mm-hmm. but they, they gained approval through their faith in that because God had provided something better for us. Uh, and so, so I think about some of these heroes in the past. They had an inkling of what was coming, and, it, and they, they, like, they hadn't experienced Christ yet, the coming of Christ, but they had the faith in that. And so we have to have the faith and, and find comfort in the fact that something's going to happen mm-hmm. more than just the fact that, it, it, that you're experiencing it. That made me think of the three stages that you mentioned before about the despair stage right. or when we're completely broken or the stoic stage when we're in the rebuilding stage or even the then we get into the feel good stage like, oh, we got it. But it all comes back to patiently waiting, like you said, but you have to continually hope. Yeah, and I like so this goes back to the flight, fight, persevere uh, episode in, in season one. But there's first there's like you said there's that the despairing or or the complaining or the upset mm-hmm. stage. Then you can kind of move to the stoic. It is what yeah. it is. I'll deal with it. Um, and then you can move to actually rejoicing. So so know that if this is as you listen to this study, it's not like oh click boom I am now <laughs> full of hope right. This is going to take some time. To get to it's it's a stumbling bumbling uh, process. The other verse that I, I was telling you guys, you know, ahead of time before we recorded this, I really liked this verse. I also am very discouraged at the same time by this verse, but it just it's it speaks volumes to me. And it's Proverbs thirteen twelve, and it says, "Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life." And it just jumps out at me because our hope, to some extent, is deferred right now. Right, because the, kind of the whole point is is these positive expectations that are coming, whether they're coming soon or later, but they're, they're, they're not here yet. And so hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so the Bible's acknowledging that the fact that you haven't experienced these expectations yet can bring about a sadness uh, and, and a grieving. And, and knowing that that sadness and grieving won't go away and the full satisfaction won't come until on their side of the gates. And so it goes back to the waiting, that we really do have to wait um, and I just, again, like that, that seems realistic. Like that describes life well. It's just like, oh, that's hard to hear, right? Absolutely. Sometimes f- hoping, I feel it like, can be draining, but it also goes to having faith 
not just in the past, in the present, but you also therefore can have hope in the future. Right, right. So then also if you have hope, you got to focus, make sure your hope is focused on the good that is coming, not just the bad that is happening. Yeah, and I think that's why it's so important that as we were talking about at the beginning, uh, the first couple episodes that we're doing, we're doing faith, or I mean hope, and then we're doing faith. Mm -hmm. Because really without faith, there's nothing to hope for. Right. right. Uh, there's not really any right. substance behind this in order to say, you know what, I, I mean, yeah, I think that I, I have this positive expectation. Okay, cool. What's your positive expectation in? Like, what are you waiting for? Mm -hmm. And so unless we actually do have that discussion, this becomes a lot more brittle and it's a whole lot harder to actually live out consistently. Yeah, so you'll definitely want to listen to the faith episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of throw that plug future in. plug. Um, this is kind of the first half, and then faith becomes the second half, right? They, they, I think hope and faith kind of piggyback on each other. So with that, in, with that, with all this in mind, that that there are the near hopes and the far hopes, and the near hopes there are like the intangible companionship with God and the tangible blessings, and you want to focus more on on the God thing, and then the the far hopes, there's definitely just a waiting element, and there's going to be a little bit of heart sickness um, as it's deferred and, and hasn't happened yet. Um, but, and we're going to get into momentarily the results of all of it, what will happen if you actually do this, but I'm going to get into the how. So, so as we're going through all that, this was the picture that was emerging for me of, of, of what hope is. And again, I was kind of both encouraged and just, not discouraged, but like... Okay, I need to take a deep breath. You know, it's a sour. It's a sour. Oh yes, very, very much. It's it's a very good thing that's going to make you wince. It actually, it's a sweet and a sour. Yeah. Well, you know. Oh, here we go. The waiting is the sour, and then the fulfillment is the sweet. Mm. So, so it seems that there's both the sour and sweet element of hope. This is really good. The that the sour element is it, it, there's a little bit of heart sickness as you defer and kind of wait, but you, and as you're waiting, you're positively expecting that it confidently yeah. expecting that it'll happen. Um, and that's a sour. And then once it does happen and the fulfillment kicks in, that's where the sweetness is. And the sour makes it so much sweeter in this particular oh, so instance. So uh, just because you have waited for this, like you didn't get that immediate satisfaction, that instant gratification, like you had to wait for this and you had to go through this whole messy, broken process uh, in order to get there. And so then once it actually comes, it's so much sweeter. And I also just want to throw this in really quick. Uh, we're talking about one of the lenses from season one. If mm -hmm. you guys are listening to this uh, and you haven't heard some of our earlier things. Um, this goes back to the spiritual lenses that we talked about in season one. So if you're wondering what this whole sweet and sour thing that we're really excited about, uh, go yeah. back and listen to that whole description of that. Yeah, I forget that, that we need to explain that <laughs> stuff sometimes, uh, especially when I, I start getting all excited and everything's kind of starting to, to coalesce with all of it. Um, so getting into the how. Um, so how does one actually do this? Some of the things that we found in the studies, um, one was that Scripture— or enlightenment, whether that's enlightenment through the scripture reading or enlightenment through prayer, that scripture and enlightenment will help increase your hope. And this is part of that whole like learning and understanding what the expectations are. So Psalm, Psalm 119 and Psalm 130 talk a lot about this. Ephesians 1 also mentions this. Um, so that that's one way. And so, again, if, if you're like taking notes as we go through all this, um, you can be taking notes on here. And I, I, of course, I, I'm a bullet pointer. So I, I've bullet pointed all this stuff um, of, of ways. And, and, and you don't want to pick just one. It's a combination of all of them that, that's best going to do this. Uh, but anyway, so, so one way is through the scripture and enlightenment. Another way is through training. And what we mean by that is the sanctification process, the water walking, which goes back to the seven stage journey from episode one. 
um, the the discipleship, just the, the transformation process. So as you start um, training, walking in step with the Spirit, being more obedient to Scripture, First Timothy 4 talks about this, um, hope's going to come from that. Uh, a third thing is what you focus on. It is amazing to me how important it is. What do you? This is eternal, internal, external again. Um, this is take every thought captive. This is set your mind on the things above, not the things of the earth. This is fix your eyes on what is seen, not what is unseen. All these different scripture passages. But and, and this is this becomes a big one for me. What you're focusing on will help or hinder <laughs> um, you having hope. And so the Bible would say what you want to focus on is kind of two big things. One is specifically God and what he's doing. So John 5 and Acts 26 and 1 Peter 1 uh, all talk about how you want to focus on God and what he has done, you know, as far as the atoning work on the cross and what he is doing and what he's going to do. You want to focus on those things. Also then Philippians 4 talks about uh, you want to focus on whatever's good rather than what's bad. Um, so good, pure, noble, etc. And so this becomes a decision that you have to make and, and it become, you, you need to form a habit on this. That it's so, I know for me anyways, it's so easy to focus on what's wrong. I think even the church kind of emphasizes that sometimes. Yeah. Um, but we need to be focusing on what what has been right, what is right, and what will be right. This doesn't mean not to pay attention to what's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just you really want to be fixing your eyes on those things first, I guess first, mm-hmm. so you can have that hope and that strength and all that. Then now you have the right mindset and the strength that you need to then go address the wrong. Yeah, and that's that whole idea that Hebrews 12 talks about fixing your eyes on Jesus. And then also in Philippians 3, Paul talks about the one thing he does is forgetting what's behind and pushing forward to what's ahead. Yep. And uh, he says that that's one thing. And so I could spend a whole lot of time talking about that. But um Basically, just this idea that as you are forgetting what's behind, you're pushing forward, fixing your eyes on Jesus. And so then you can really begin to move forward in a powerful way and just a way that actually makes it so change can happen. So then that leads to the fourth uh, way to gain more hope, which is the perseverance and character and comfort. So Jeremiah 29 talks about this, Romans 5, uh, 2 Corinthians 1. And so the idea is in... You know, so when you're going through some wrong, you're focused on God and, and the right that is happening or is going to happen, and you you know focus on the good things, um, and so you per- persevere, you endure the bad happening, and this goes back. I really encourage people to go back and listen to the fight, fight, persevere lens. I think it's I think it's episode one point zero five, though I don't remember for sure on that. Um, but it talks a lot about what perseverance, and we're going to do a whole unpacking on patience and perseverance to explain this more. Um, but the short answer is, is you let the bad happen to you, but not dwindle you. Um, and so as you persevere, it's going to, it's going to build, uh, character and God will come in. This is the second Corinthians one. God will come in, come in and help and kind of comfort you through the process. And so it says that perseverance produces character, which produces hope. So, so to kind of sum that up, the more you're spending time in scripture and in prayer, learning the different expectations, which we're going to hear later on, we're going to give you guys what they are, at least some of them. So, so as, you, as you're spending more time in Scripture and prayer, learning what they are, as you're actually just training and doing the water walking in general, walking in step with the Spirit and obeying Scripture, as you're focused more on God and what He's doing and the good things, focusing first on them before you focus on the bad, and then persevering and enduring through the bad, these are all, which shows you, by the way, this requires a lot of work, but all of these things, so hope doesn't doesn't come. It goes back to desires, like like I really want there to be bacon in heaven. 
right? I hope there's bacon in heaven, right? That's just a desire. That's super easy. It's just something I want. Now, for me, I mean, actually, I'd be okay with bacon, but dragons. I really want dragons in heaven. <laughs> um, but that's just a, that's a desire hope. This expectation hope doesn't always come easily, and it requires a lot of work. So those were all the things that I learned as far as the how. Yeah, you just mentioned Roman 5, and that's talking about future hope, which you mentioned, and that's looking up and looking going to heaven. And then also the current hope, to piggyback off that, is transformation. You're talking about the different trials and to persevere through that. So you mentioned character. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you suggest that we could look at to build some of the character? I know like the fruit of the spirit Ooh. and maybe even just spiritual maturity. That's really good. Yeah, um, that's really good. So the seven stage journey, you know, the water walking, you know how we like we split up that there's different areas in the water you're going to train. And so all these different character traits would be that. I really do think the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5, like verses 20 and 21, those are the, that's the best list to go to first. Second Peter 1, add to your faith, goodness, goodness, knowledge. Um, that becomes another really good list. I think Colossians 3 has a really good list. Titus has another really good list. So there's a number of passages where you can list that out. Yeah, one of the things I just want listeners to be aware of is the blockages, that you can also have blockages when mm. you have that trials of, and you're going through perseverances, be careful and be aware of the anger or guilt or not meditating and dwelling on the scripture as much as what you should. Because if you feel hopeless in that time and despair, then you need to dig deeper into it and have time and to be fulfilled instead of unfulfilled. So the only way you can be fulfilled is digging in and being with God more. Man, I, that's a punch in the gut right now because, you know, these are hindrances. I've been dealing with anger lately, um, and I've, I've been having trouble with hope. And it makes sense because if I'm angry, uh, this red tent has set over me, or, you know, my, my, my vision, and so it's harder to see these expectations. Um, so, yeah, that's a punch in the gut. Thanks, Brittany. Um, <laughs> no problem. I got you. <laughs> so, so those are some of the house. So the last thing I'll say is um, then what are the results so if I want to, you know, be studying the scripture and, and water walking and, try, and try, trying to train my faith, focused more on, on good than, than wrong and persevering through the wrong, as I'm doing all that and then I'm, I'm taking more comfort and delight uh, in God's intangible companionship more than the blessings and just that hope deferred, um, but just the waiting for the future ones. As I'm doing all that, um, what are the results of this? And so we found when we did the study, there's quite a few things. One thing is you find that refuge or anchor. Hebrews 6 talks about uh, anchor. And so the idea is you have something to lean on. And I and I found it to be true that, that if I truly am hoping in these things, I find a refuge. It also gives me greater—you mentioned this earlier, Brittany, with like kind of the benefits of these unpackings. It gives me greater perspective and insight so that I can actually explain it. It's like First Peter 3 talks about be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you had. Um, and so if, as I'm doing more of all this, I can actually give a reason. So like I don't just have these blind hopes. I do have these evidential hopes. Um, and then it, the Proverbs 10 talks about um, hope will bring glee. And, so there, and this makes sense. There's a lot of joy that comes with hope. Um, 1 Thessalonians 1 and 1 John 3, I think, if I'm reading my handwriting, handwriting correctly, um, talk about this purifies you. It, it brings a resilience that's going to make you stronger or healing. Uh, this will even bring healing. And so, so these are all some benefits that, like, this is a lot of work to do this. But if I'm doing it, I find that refuge and anchor. I get greater insight that I can explain. I find more glee, more freedom. I find more resiliency and more healing. So these are all benefits for me. Um, 
it also equips me to be more loving. And so this was actually in a bunch of the passages, Romans 12 and Romans 15, Galatians 5, I think Colossians 1. These were all passages that talked about if one is hopeful or hope-filled. I like that phrase a lot. If one is hope-filled, these are the things that are going to happen. First and foremost, they're going to be more loving. And then the passages go through a bunch of other things as well as far as like— Look at my notes here real quick. If uh, if you do that, if, if you can see how can you tell that one is, is hope-filled, they're going to act in a certain way. You're going to find them rejoicing more, more patience. They're going to pray more. They're going to share. They're going to host and show hospitality. They're going to offer more blessings. They're going to empathize more. They're more humble. They're more honorable. They live at peace with everyone. They're more useful to their enemies. Um, they're living in more unity and harmony, accept, accepting one another. Um, and so it, it, hope becomes one of these really like strong um, tools that you need mm-hmm. to actually be a mature believer. And so that started to help me realize, okay, this is important. There's a lot of benefits for me, but it's also it's going to equip me to be the stronger Christian to help others. And so I really do, and then I start tracing backwards, I really do need to be more hope-filled for multiple reasons. The, the last one, um, Psalm 147, talks about God is pleased with those who choose hope, who who become hope filled in Him, and then He and you, you get in a better standing with Him, and then First Corinthians nine, Hebrews six talk about there's He's gonna reward you for this. Yeah, and I th- feel like a lot of times, maybe this is just me personally, and uh, here's some honesty for us, but I feel like a lot of times it's just like, well, hope's not really that important. Like, mm-hmm. as you think through all the things that we're supposed to be doing as Christians, and uh, you look at the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, and just all these different things, hope has never really been something that's like, oh, man, I really need to be doing this. Like, it's extra. If yeah, I it's like it, something yeah. that's, I mean, yeah, yeah, heaven's cool. That'll be great. Like, great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um but it really is just so central to have hope, and that hope is based off of faith, which results in love. Like, this is just one of the pillars of the faith. Uh, and I've actually seen, like, heard this described as, like, hope is literally a pillar, and then uh, faith is the other pillar. And from that, you build the whole uh, structure of what Christianity actually looks like. Mm. But it's so easy to say, yeah, well, I mean, th- this is good. This is great. Like, I'm glad you guys have done this whole study and I just everything. Don't have time yeah, to, it's just yeah. like that's kind of abstract. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't really need to be doing this. Like, that's good. It's something that I will do, kind of maybe, but it's not something that we really prioritize. Mm-hmm. And I th- uh, just really hope that as we go through this, you guys will see. Um, how this is important and this really is foundational to your Christian walk. And once you really begin to do this in a practical way, you can move on and begin to start doing the other things just so much more effectively. Isn't that funny? This this really does become probably the first thing either that someone who's thinking about Christianity or is a brand new believer, this becomes one of the first things they should actually do mm-hmm. where we treat it as do all the behavioral stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. So, so those were my my observations and conclusions from the study. So now, Brittany, I'm going to um, kind of interview you a little bit because she had. So for the listener, you know, again, we're such visual people, and we use our hands and, and we draw this stuff out, and we can't show it on the, on the podcast. Um, but we encourage you to draw some of this out. And so, Brittany had formed this really awesome pyramid that took everything she was learning from from the study and and putting it all together. And it's such a vi- so. I think what we're going to try to do is. Um, include uh, an image of that on the Podbean so you you can just in in the description Mm -hmm. so you can see it and and kind of follow along if if you don't have that and and you're not driving uh, and you've got a whiteboard or a napkin or a journal or whatever uh, I would encourage you to as as we're describing this to go ahead and 
and draw it out. So this will be the, the hope triangle. Yeah, but if you are driving, please don't try and yeah. do this on your phone as you're going along. Just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look yeah, at the picture we, later. <laughs> we don't encourage that. Um, so so draw and, and draw it out pretty big um, because there's a lot of writing. Your, your, Brittany's done in this. So but but draw it a big triangle, and at the bottom you're going to have the, the hope. Um, and, and she had put down the holding on to positive expectations or the hold on um, patient. What is it? Pain ends. Pain ends. Um, anyways, so in, in your triangle, as I'm looking at it here, you had three like tiers. Mm-hmm. And so the bottom tier is the, is the foundation. Go ahead and describe that for us. Yeah. During the thought process, Shannon and I hashed this out a little bit. He helped me rearrange stuff. So the bottom tier has two sides to it. One side is the active spiritual side where the other side is a little more emotional okay um active spiritual and act- emo- okay i like it so the left side once you, once you look at the image you'll see there's a guy climbing up because right, he's right in a continu- the right side bottom right corner he's in a continually cr- climb and that's the trust side because you need to confidently know your scripture it's just i think of the cement Cement takes time to firmly dry, so you need time to confidently know your scripture. And mm-hmm. the more you dig into it and the longer you have, usually it's harder. Hence and, these unpacking studies. Yeah. And then the left side is the desire, the longing and passion. Oh, and by the way, you said it, it becomes harder. You mean uh, firm, firmer, not difficult. Not correct. Right, okay. Good clarity. Yeah. So the left side is desire, longing and passionate, wanting more, but yet you are truly invested in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, so the first thing then is the first foundation. What you want to start with is mm-hmm. knowing confidently knowing the scripture and letting mm-hmm. that firm you up, and then with that, actually longing for and desiring those things to come true. Yeah, and I have a couple of the scripture to reference those would be Psalm sixty-two five through nine. A quick summary of that would be like God is the answer to our desires, and then on the trust side, it could be Psalm nineteen forty-three, which is trust in His insight passions and goals okay so so trust in what the scripture is saying and then you put here and become truly invested mm-hmm. emotionally yes. in that so two things one well how do i trust that's going to go to the faith study which we mm-hmm. do in a couple of episodes uh and then two the the longing and desiring have you guys found the the more you're getting firm into what the scripture teaches, it becomes really difficult to want those things to happen, or it's actually really easy. Like, well, of course I want that. What have you found? Yeah, just as you begin to build that base knowledge of what scripture actually says and what it teaches, it makes, uh, this is something that I've talked about a lot in previous seasons also, just uh, it becomes less and less about a bunch of rules and it becomes more and more about actually um, figuring out what the heart of God is and what his desire for you is. And so then you can really just understand what's going on and you can uh, just really begin moving up from that base of a solid understanding of what scripture actually teaches. Yeah, and I have found that the the more that I I study this, well, it's sweet and sour. So I find all these sweets, I'm like, well, of course I want that to happen, you know? Um, You don't have to persuade me. And then some of them are sours where I'm like, ooh, like patience or suffering. I don't really want that initially, but the more that I understand it, I actually, ooh, can I say that? I desire... um, Hmm. I don't desire suffering, but I do desire what suffering will bring about. Because you recognize the importance and how really integral it is in developing all of these different things, which I know suffering is something that we're going to talk about in a later unpacking. Yeah, that'll be another unpacking, yeah. One of the things the Hope Unpacking Claire 
cleared up for me mm-hmm. is a lot of people look at hope as wishing. That was huge for me, but it's not wishing. It's having positive expectations, expectations. but be careful with the expectations because it's more trusting in God's character. Mm-hmm. And just think, you know, for the listener, in, in everyday language, we usually mean wish. Mm-hmm. Um, but biblically, it's expect. Mm-hmm. And if you can move from wish to expect, so I, you know, I wish that I can see God face to face in heaven. I wish that there'll be no sin, you know, and, and no suffering. To I actually expect that I'll see God face to face, and I expect there won't, be, you know, and, and not even like I expect, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. It's I expect it because it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It goes a long way. So okay, so that that's your that's your bottom foundation, and then then your middle tier uh, in the triangle. So and she, of course, uh, Brittany's like me. She's a color coder, so she color coded all this. So the bottom foundation was red, and then this middle tier is is blue. Uh, describe to us the middle tier. The middle tier talks about dwelling, and then on the right side, it talks about belief. So we'll start with belief. Belief is talking about a deeper understanding in Scripture. So belief goes above trust. So it's confidently knowing Scripture, but it's deeply understanding it. So once you start deeply understanding it, you have this peace and a calming about it, which you are focused on it, which therefore you're meditating on it more, which leads to a dwelling and closeness with God and other fellow Christians. So you have time praying and spending with God, which if you're doing all that, then you're dwelling in him and you're clinging on to a closeness, holding on tightly to him, which also brings you delight and happiness. Mm-hmm. Could you say that, like, in that first stage, definitely knowing Scripture is, is like, knowing um, and, and trusting that's going to happen, and then the second tier is actually living if it, as if it's going to happen? Because, you know, for mm-hmm. example, and, like, even know this stuff, you can have beliefs, but you don't always live those beliefs out, but they really are sincere beliefs. Yeah. So the idea here is you can really accept that this is going to happen, but you may not live like it. Mm-hmm. where it seems like that blue tier, the middle tier, is actually beginning to live as if that's true, which is where the delight and the peace and help. Yeah, exactly. Out. So okay. the bottom stage is more the intellectual, okay. where the second stage might be passionately, actively doing it, which can reference the scriptures of Psalm 42, the having a longing for God, and then, but also having an internal quiet time with him, and possibly going back to First Peter, the beliefs, knowing that it's based on the return of Christ, and things like that. So that's the active part of it in putting what he taught you and what you're learning through the scriptures mm-hmm. into action. So then that segues to the top tier, which is green, so red, blue, green. Um, and this is kind of the culmination of everything. So describe to us this top tier. Yeah, so on the right side going up, it's a equation. Since I'm a math teacher, you got to put some mm-hmm. sort of math twist on it. So it goes... Trust plus, plus belief equals faith. Mm-hmm. So and on the right left side, it talks about desire plus dwelling equals life change. So if you are being active in what God has provided you to be able to have knowledge and stuff like that, you have the faith, which faith is being active and applying it properly, mm-hmm. not just putting it in your head actively, but that you're committed to persevering. And we mentioned that earlier about being persevering through difficult times because you're going to come into trials, but also allowing God to refine you. It's almost like that potter and the clay analogy we use a lot, that he's the potter and Mm -hmm. we're the clay. So you just have to let him refine you. But it leads to a life change. If you want that closeness and delight in God, you got to be willing to have a life change and it depends on the time frame of each individual what God has planned for you. Right. 
Yeah, and it's interesting to me that both sides of these are separate equations, uh, but it all just culminates together in this whole complete picture. And it's also interesting how if you were to take off the bottom tier, and so you take off your desire and your trust, and so you don't really have just that base, you still have a pyramid. Uh, you have your practical outpouring, that's that blue section. So the dwelling, you have belief, uh, you're focused, you're clinging, you're delighting. And that does lead to some life change. But it's just a smaller picture of what it could be if you actually have the basis of scripture and you move from there. Or if you do, so if all you have is the base knowledge at the bottom and then you expect life change at the top, it's not going to work because you just cut out the middle. And so if all you have is the intellect the intellectual, yeah, this is what it is. I have this longing, passionate desire, and I trust, uh, but I'm not going to do anything with that. And then you expect life change, something's going to come crashing down. Yeah. So it's really interesting how that, just that word picture really lends itself to this concept really well. So I'm grinning here like, uh, like mic drop, you know, kind of boom, because it just made me think, if if so, if you're listening to this podcast and, and you're not a believer, you haven't drinking, drink, drank, drunk, whatever the Jesus Kool Aid, um, you can still have hope, right? But you're hoping in the earthly things, uh, and and it could be philosophical things as well. And so you kind of have that to some extent, the top half of the pyramid. But we, we want to encourage you to go ahead and check out the scriptures. And I understand there's all these objections to it. Da da da. But go ahead and, re- and read the Bible, and, and which is going to segue into something here in a second. But start reading what are the specific expectations the Bible says you can have, and it creates just the stronger uh, pyramid. That's a, good, that's a really good point. So awesome. Um, all right, so, so that answers these, these first three questions that, that, that we've explained from our own perspectives, like what is the definition of biblical hope, and then how does it work, and, and what does it result in, etc. So now I want to do a, a side note with that which are what, what are some of the specific expectations? So we've, we've been talking a lot about it. What are some of the specific expectations the Bible says that you can have? Um, so one expectation that you can have is love, that, that God will love you and you can receive that love, that you can become more loving and loving, uh, love others, that they can, as they become more loved, they can become more loving. Um, I am so convinced that love is the answer to everything and, and mm. we'll see this when we get into the to the love unpacking in a, in a few episodes uh, but john three sixteen and, and first john four sixteen and, and and multitude first corinthians 13 a multitude of other passages talk about one of the expectations you can have if you're kind of doing like like britney's pyramid there right uh, or in the examples that i gave as you're as you're getting into scripture and persevering all, all these things um it can, it's going to start developing hope in you you can have this expectation Again, you won't get full love until the other side of the gates because mm-hmm. we're in a broken prologue. But you actually, and I believe this, you actually are going to begin experiencing more love. So that's that's one one expectation, one hope. Yeah, and I think that another expectation hope that we can have is in companionship. We talked about this uh, a lot with just the methods of Bible study and that sort of thing, just the value of companionship and fellowship. Um, but you're not alone in this whole process. You don't have to be trying to go through life alone. In fact, it's not that you don't have to be. You shouldn't be. Like we need, We're supposed to be doing this in the community of believers. That's why we have the body of Christ. And so uh, just some passages that talk about that is Matthew 28, 20 and Hebrews 13, 5. Um, just really dive into what what that companionship looks like and what that actually consists of. I really like the idea of the words companionship and camaraderie. 
I, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I have that to some extent in this life because I have some amazing friends, but I know I'm still missing a version of that. And then heaven, what we're all going to look like is great. Uh, a third expectation you can have is provision. The idea that, that God is going to meet your needs. Um, now, I, I need to make a qualifier on that. Um, he may make your needs, or he may meet your needs miraculously. He may meet them through other people. He may meet them through your own efforts. Um, there's different ways that'll form. Also, what you think are your needs uh, are is probably not true. That 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 you've combined needs and wants. Um, I have found that if we actually knuckle down to it, our needs are pretty basic. Um, you know, as far as like like for example, um, you need to eat. I think someone can go like 30 days without eating, like three days without water, you know, et cetera. And I'm not saying God's only going to provide food once every 30 days. It's just understanding because even like as I as I read that, uh, I was thinking of examples where God did not meet my needs. And then I thought through that. I'm like, well, no, that's not true. He still met my core, core needs, uh, again, through different ways and the timing uh, over time. Um, But he did meet those core needs in some ways over time um, and not always the extra needs, I think. Yeah, and it's really interesting how just as people, we think that when God meets our needs, it needs to be when we want and how we want it. It's not just like we have these needs that need to be met. It's like, no, no, I have this figured out. I want this and I want it now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so that whole, just the concept of instant gratification and that's not how God works. He's not gonna just do whatever you want, whenever you want. Um, But be willing to recognize that just because what you seem to need doesn't happen initially doesn't mean that it's not going to happen and it doesn't mean that god isn't supplying your needs it just might look a little different than what you would expect it to be yeah i feel like that comes back to one of the other things the completeness um that he's making you new and he's he will make you complete in his timing not in your timing which will make you more complete as a person which he will make you stronger, wiser, but also fulfill you with joy and peace. And that's a lot of what will make you complete and being more confident and having that boldness and clarity through him, which can you can reference it in the scripture of Galatians 5, 16, or even 2 Peter. They will give you a little more freedom once God makes you that completeness. So this goes back to what we were saying earlier, that some expectations come from our desires— and those aren't the true expectations that God promises. Um, and so maybe the hope, the holding on to positive expectations, you should add a parenthesis after positive. So it's holding on to positive and accurate mm. expectations. Um, this is a whole can of worms that we can't go into, but a year ago, um, but I'll go into it anyways. Um, <laughs> a year ago, just being really frustrated about some situations and, and not happy, not full of joy, and realizing that this lack of joy, that I had joy trickling into my life, not, not no joy at all, but it was trickling because my, the pipes were clogged, yeah. and the pipes were clogged with inaccurate expectations. And so those expectations were either things that I had wanted but really had no evidence for, or just bad experiences had created that. But realizing that I had to get rid of those expectations and actually get to the core, more, say, minimized, simple, basic, true, accurate expectations. So that becomes another key point in all this. Yeah, and something I've heard just echoing what you said is expectation is the root of all heartache. 
And so when we're going through life and we have this list of things that we think need to be met, uh, we can really just make ourselves miserable by thinking mm-hmm. that those things have to be met in the way right. that, and oh, yeah. maybe not even in the ma- way that we want. We might be open to them being uh, being met, however. But if we have this list and it doesn't seem completed, we just feel like there's a piece missing, and so we can't um, just have the joy and everything that comes from not having those expectations. Yeah. So we can experience more love. We can experience better companionship. We can experience qualified provision. Uh, Brittany mentioned we can experience more completion. What else can we expect? We can also expect just to have a purpose. And so this goes back to know thyself, which we spent a whole season talking about uh, in season two. And it's just uh, God giving us that specific calling, that niche to fill. And he's given us passions and talents and desires and all these different things that result in us. uh, Really, this is almost a part of completion because we're just meeting um, the needs of others through the way that God set us up to do that. And so we can more effectively serve others and uh, have our purpose filled as we go through life and uh, just do that whole thing. Yeah. It can also end up doing protection and deliverance. A book that I'm going to reference real quick is Beth Moore's Breaking Free because he will calm you in the storm and he'll deliver you from those tribulations but also give you strength to endure. Yeah, so that goes, so protection and deliverance is another qualified. And I want to go back real quick to the purpose. The uh, it, I encourage you guys to listen to season two and the yeah. early self so you can you can kind of find what your purpose in, in life is. Um, but yeah, so with the protection and deliverance, that becomes none of those things. Wait a minute, God promises that you can expect his protection and deliverance. I can think of a thousand examples of that not happening, mm-hmm. right? So it's qualified. So one is there's the long-term deliverance out of this life into the paradise, um, not necessarily a deliverance from every storm that comes. That was yeah. Brittany's point that she just made, that sometimes he calms the storm, sometimes he calms the sailor. And that goes back to the flight, fight, persevere. So I always want to qualify that with the—and uh, also, too, with the protection even. Lately, I've been feeling a kind of spiritually attacked, and I was blaming God that he wasn't protecting me. And God's like, yeah, you're walking down the bad alley. Hmm. And and I'm like, well, God, come with me and protect me in the bad alley. And God's like, or don't go in the bad alley. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or I understand that, easy. but I'm going to go ahead and go yeah. anyway, so come protect me. And he's like, or don't go in there. Right. And so there's that qualified protection that sometimes he'll say, I'm not going to protect you there. Don't mm-hmm. go there. Right. Um, and so we have to keep that, that qualified understanding. Yeah. And uh, just really quick. So with the uh, blessing and deliver or the protection and deliverance, we see that in Exodus 6, 6 and 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Mm-hmm. And then also, I don't think we gave the verses for purpose. Right. And so that's uh, Psalm 139, 13 through 16 and Ephesians. 2.10. So, and then another expectation you can have, uh, the last one here on the list, is blessings. And so blessings can be like just gifts from God, but in general, blessings, uh, I want to say this, sometimes it's just the gift, like this goes back to the grace study, which we'll do yeah. later, um, but a lot of times it's the idea of reward. He's rewarding you for some behavior, some obedience. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's blessings that will come from that, these special awesome rewards um, that, and this is there's a number of things that God has called us to do, and if we do, he'll give the reward. So that's an expectation that I will get rewarded for this obedience. That reward may come in this life. It may come in the next life. It may mm-hmm. be tangible. It may be intangible. There's a bunch of different ways that plays out. Um, and so Matthew 13, 23, Deuteronomy 28, 1, 2. There's a whole bunch of passages yeah. uh, that talk on that. So so those are some of the specific expectations that you can place your hope in. And, and I would say, practically speaking, as we went through that list, that you find one that really resonates with you, ooh, I really want that mm-hmm. one. 
and then go do an unpacking on that and go process through that and learn what all that entails and then do that one. And then, but you don't want to have just the one bucket that you go to. Mm -hmm. So then as, you, as you're finding your hope in that, then you go to another one. Oh, I also like this one. That way, if you're having a really bad mood one day and that first hope isn't really doing it for you, there's always another one you can fall back on. Yeah. Like for me, the heaven one almost always is one that I can fall back on and take refuge in. Sometimes I'm, that's, I'm still, I'm such a frustrated mood that doesn't work and I have to go to something else. Like and I would say the other one for me is kind of God's patience, mm -hmm. um, that he's, he's, he still accepts you, kind of Psalm 103 and that kind of deal. Anyways, so those are some of the specific expectations. Take one and plus more of those and begin diving deep into them and go kind of through, let's say, Brittany's Pyramid or the, or the, the explanation I gave, uh, or another way, and, and begin to place your hope in them. Some other examples, uh, this kind of goes to the near and far, um, some of the some of the near ones, and I'll just kind of rapid fire. Well, how about you rapid fire the near ones and then okay. I'll rapid fire the far ones. Yeah, and so some different ways that we can see um, just those near ones is uh, we're loved by God. We can see that on a day-to-day -day basis right now. Uh, Christ has atoned for us. We can uh, have expectation with that. And we'll break those down later, what, all, what they all mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, just we are infused with the Spirit, and so the Holy Spirit's living inside of us. He's helping to sanctify us. And there are so many different things that the Holy Spirit does in our life. Uh, rapid fire some of those. In Isaiah 11, 1 through 3, uh, he helps us through fear, gives us knowledge, understanding, wisdom, counsel, and power. Galatians 5, just the fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting because it's not the fruit. It, it, Paul doesn't say that Galatians 5, that's a list of the fruit of the uh, believer in Christ who tries to do things on his own. It's the fruit singular of the Spirit, and so it's what the Spirit does in and through right, us. walking in step with him. Yeah. yeah, and so that's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, temperance and faith second peter one uh two through eleven there's grace there's and that, that's peace. the one that if you um add to your faith yes diligently yep. these things and so there's grace there's peace there's power uh just that divine nature faith goodness knowledge temperance perseverance godliness brotherly affection and love first corinthians 13 uh just that famous love passage mm -hmm. uh talks about patience kindness selflessness uh and just that two-way forgiveness, Ephesians 4, 29 through 32, just a wholesome edification, so the whole body uh, just working together to be edified. Uh, there's not, he helps you with uh, avoiding bitterness, avoiding wrath, avoiding complaining, gives you kindness again, compassion, forgiveness. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20, there's not sexual immorality and the Holy Spirit helps you fight against that. Mm -hmm. And Colossians 3, 12 through 17, uh, the Holy Spirit also just helps with forbearance and forgiveness again, love, uh, peace, and thankfulness. And a lot so, of repeats in those. Yeah, there's yeah. so many repeats in that. And so, but you can really just begin to see how it is so important to recognize what the Holy Spirit does and just use that as a way to motivate you. And you can have that hope and that expectation that as you're walking in step with the Spirit, you can actually have all of these different things. Mm -hmm. And so really just to sum it up, it gives you internal prosperity, uh, freedom, contentment, satisfaction. It helps you be more centered, gives you strength, resiliency, and mental and emotional health. And even physical too. Yeah. Or can anyways, potentially, yeah. So those are all some of the near expectations that you can have. Uh, some of the far expectations that these are the hope deferred and so there's a little bit of grieving that goes on, healthy grieving, mm -hmm. but eventually we're going to get this. Um, you can be confident in the coming of Christ. He's coming back. 
Um, the prince of the world, Satan, right now is is kind of ruling partially. Da da da. But eventually, Jesus is returning, um, and as lightning travels from the east to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Hmm. You know, with the angels and and the trumpets. So Matthew twenty four and First Thessalonians four talk about this, uh, and, and and in Revelation as well. Just some really cool pictures that he is coming back. You can you can expect a millennium, this thousand year reign, whatever that is, right? And there's yeah. different <laughs> theories, whether it's literal or figurative, whatever. But you can experience there's some thousand year reign, however that plays out. Isaiah sixty five, uh, the book of Ezekiel, First Corinthians fifteen, Revelation twenty. I'll talk about that, and then my favorite uh, far expectation is heaven itself, which is going to be the next episode. Yeah, uh, and it's so very very good to think about heaven. Hebrews 10 and 1 Corinthians 2 and Philippians 4 uh, all talk about you, you want to spend time thinking about the future eternal kingdom of heaven. And I'm not going to get into any of the details now. Um, we'll just wait to the heaven study. A mm-hmm. lot of that's based on the book that, that Brittany had mentioned with, with Randy Alcorn. Um, but, like, just legit. Like, so so legit that I wanted to do a whole episode just on it, which we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those are some of the um, specific expectations that, that one can have. And that's not even all of them, but that at least gives you a starting point to go with. So what we've done is is we went through, so what is this the definition of hope? What is it exactly? Yeah. And then we've talked about how one goes about getting it. We've just listed out some of the specific expectations one can have. Mm-hmm. And then if one is having those expectations confidently, we talked about some of the, the results and, and benefits that can come from that. So that segues in, as, as we're coming towards the end here, segues into the final question, which is more of the... the uh, actually, before I even ask that, so far, what we've said... Do you guys think, and actually you have references to each of you a couple of times, but how does this differ, given all this, how does this differ from what maybe you had thought in the past about hope or what maybe sometimes you hear taught about hope? I think one of the main ways that it differs is uh, hope is not that wishy-washy desire for something to happen. Uh, the way scripture really paints it is it is just that confident expectation and uh, there are sours to it it's not necessarily a fun process but as we begin to really uh, dive into it and figure out what all of this means we can have um, just joy and we can have contentment and all of these different things because I mean, just for example, like if we didn't have a cons- uh, confident expectation of the things that we just went through and listed, mm-hmm. so we didn't have a confident expectation of heaven, didn't have that of the rapture, didn't have that of the Holy Spirit indwelling us, right. didn't have that of just all of those different things, we would be in a really sad spot. Oh, yeah. Like there's really just not any reason to um, be optimistic about where the world's going, what's going on. Um all of that just really trickles down and it's like, well, why? Like, why would we really try this Christian thing? Like, is this, is there anything about this that we can know for sure? Because it takes away that assurance when we don't have a confident expectation. And so when we switch from a perspective of, yeah, I mean, I, oh man, I hope that this happens. Just with that uh, desire and um, man, maybe that would be great. It would yeah. be really cool if this were to happen. Once we transition away from that and start coming to the table with, no, I have hope that if I walk in the spirit, I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Mm-hmm. If I uh, just that confidence, not cockiness, but confidence that allows us to really move forward in life in a meaningful way. Yeah. 
What would you say, Brittany? The the any as you kind of before and after the study, was there any big yeah. change? Um, definitely. Uh, a few things that I picked out from during the study before, like I mentioned before, if you asked me what hope was, I would give you a wishy washy thing. I would mm-hmm. probably say, yeah, just of wishing great things for the future. And then what I would end up saying is, let your hope get you through your sin because i feel like when we're in persever- when we're persevering Ooh, through good. trials and saying let your hope get through your sin but don't let your sin taint your hope so also not don't let well, your hard. hope condone your sin right. so those are three little things that we mentioned before yeah. during the study that i thought really stood out to me but also confidently expecting great words but i would say make sure you the you know your definition before you explain it to somebody else. Right, right. Because expecting can be used in different terminologies for that. Everything needs a definition. Absolutely. But for me, that would be God's promises. But to be choosing joyful content and be content while you're patiently waiting for him and find satisfaction and enduring through the trials or wrongdoings, because you're going to make mistakes. But you got to be faithful in the small things, and he'll trust you with the big things like we've done before. But through the whole hope thing, it's got me to be more rooted in the spiritual transformation that is going to be happening. Yeah, so, and then for me, I would say, like you guys, the learning that it's the more the expectation than just the desire. The other big one for me is is that a huge chunk of all this is deferred. Mm-hmm. And it's just that hope is a taking satisfaction in the fact that it's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was one of the big takeaways for me. So that then segues into the fourth question that we do in these unpacking studies is personally for you, how did this study affect you or specifically what's like a tangible um, promise or commitment you, you made going from this point forward? Because Pastor Andrew at my church talks about, you know, transformation, not information. Mm-hmm. That's not we, we don't do these studies just to get informed. We do them to transform. Mm-hmm. And so you actually have to make a change in your life to do this. So what is one change um, that you're thinking through that this is a change I need to make in my life in a very real way given this study? I think one of the main things for me that um, has impacted me is just this whole idea of the pyramid. And if we aren't actually practically applying the knowledge that we have, we can never expect to have life change. Mm -hmm. And so just as I go through life, um, actually being willing to uh, and actively pursuing, because this isn't going to happen passively, um, incorporating hope into my day-to-day life. And so allowing the knowledge of um, that the Holy Spirit is working in and through me, uh, that heaven is coming, and so I don't have to be as frustrated with little things that are going on here. Actually allowing those things to impact me, and so I can take that next step and actually get transformation. Yeah. What about you, Brittany? Absolutely. I completely agree with what he said. And the pyramid or the triangle really did stick with me. But if I had to pinpoint it to probably two things, it would be that the more I hope in God, the more settled my heart is. Because a lot of the times our hearts are stirring and we don't know what it is. But once we start being focused on God and his word, he reveals something to us that we can pinpoint And he puts a calming on our heart, which makes me think that he is an infinite God and can provide so many things, but also he's our anchor. That if we continually to hope in him, we will be rooted in what will keep our foundation firm. 
So for me, the I think the biggest personal application was the first things and, and second things that I had still been putting my hope, not wrongly, uh, as far as it's wrong to do this, but all, I'd, I'd only done it, my hope in those second and third things. Um, Lord, please make this happen. Please make this happen, et cetera. And realizing that that my hope, first and foremost, up front in the near hope, is just that companionship with God. Mm. And it's difficult. It's easier to hope in these other things. But it's difficult um, but possible to begin. And this is, I think the prayer study is going to come in a lot with this of just how to kind of experience him in the moment. Mm-hmm. And so just going back to I need to sit in the cave and take refuge just with him sometimes, regardless of all the other things I can have hope in, I want that to be my biggest. So that's mine. So for you, the listener, um, what's your application? You know, as, as you've listened to all this, um, what really jumped out at you, and what's a change that you need to make? Maybe it's in in the the reasons to hope. So you had had like Zach had mentioned, it was just one of those things where if you can get around to it, great. It's not a regular part. Maybe you're realizing that no, this needs to be a bigger part of my actual faith walk. Uh, and so I just I, I'm I need to pay attention to all the the benefits and motivations to actually hope more. Maybe it's in the how. So you're still trying to figure out, you know, the, the scripture and the perseverance and the training and, and, and focusing on what is good, uh, those things. And you, you need to start doing one, one or more of those. Like you're already convinced I need hope more. Now I'm just focused on how to go about doing that. Maybe you've already with the first two, it's check. I know that I need to hope and check. I understand the process of it. So now you need to spick, uh, pick which specific expectation it is or expectations that you should really begin to dwell on, you know, and, and take refuge in them. Um, so to, to wrap up kind of the, the catch-all miscellany category, is there anything else that, uh, Brittany, that you would add, um, anything else that, that maybe we hadn't talked about yet that you'd want to say for the, for the listener to hear about hope? Or do you think we covered everything? I think we covered everything pretty thoroughly. I just want to encourage you guys to take time to hope in God. The more time you take... I know time's limited and very sacred to each one of us, but just take time to hope in him and he will provide and continually give you what you need. I think I would add, um, you know, you guys know I'm a sequential step-by-step guy. It's kind of how I process. So for those of you that think the same way, step one, uh, begin to figure out, learn, and know all the good things that God's promised to bring. And so just recognize them, dwell on the deep goodness and awesomeness of each of those. Um, so begin to learn. Step two, this is the crux. This is the big one. Confidently expect that they're going to happen. Hmm. And so what this means is you need to trust Scripture. And so this kind of goes back to these last two episodes we've done on Scripture, like why to study it, yeah. all the evidence of how it was formed and, and the translations and the transmission of the text. And, um, and then just practical application a lot of times will help with that. But you want to confidently expect that, okay, you know what? This is happening. Um, I can't see the evidence for it necessarily, but the script, I mean, sometimes you can, um, but the scripture says it and, and, and I want to believe it. Um, and so just expect that he's going to make those promises happen and choose to be joyfully content with patiently waiting on his timeline until those things occur. Um, you have to find the satisfaction in the fact that it's coming rather than waiting to be satisfied until it cur- occurs. Kind of Hebrews 11 talks about this. Um, and so I, I do think this is the crux. I do think this is the hardest part. Some things that will help is God himself. Um, if you ask him, Lord, give me, give me this faith. 
uh, and through scripture and prayer and community and just uh, life circumstances, different ways he'll, he'll begin to help you through that. Look at his performances through previous times, whether it's in scripture or in, in your life or in history, uh, and remember them. Constantly come back and remind yourself of those things. And then realize that he provides them in a, a sweet and sour fashion, that you know we are in this messy life, we are in the broken beta version prologue, uh, and so how all this stuff plays out may not always th- play out the way we think it's going to play out. And so just this is kind of Job all over again and trusting in that. Uh, encouragement from others will help you with this, so kind of an iron sharpened mm-hmm. iron. So if you're struggling, um, get find others that are, are very hope-filled uh, and let them help you, and then vice versa. If you're already help fi- uh, hope-filled, help others. Um, and then keep in mind, given all these things, you know, there's still the kind of that element of faith that you need to choose to trust in it and lean on it, even without the direct evidence. And, and someone had mentioned being faithful in the small things first and then in the larger ones. So, so step one, begin to learn what those expectations are biblically. Step two, make that decision to trust in them and confidently expect them. Uh, and then step three, well, actually what just come if you're doing the first two, which is you're going to find refuge. Um, you'll be renewed, you'll be encouraged, you'll be stirred up, you'll feel settled and at peace, all those benefits that we were talking. Yeah. Um, and this is, it's messy, it's, it's point by point, you know, piece by piece and step by step, but I just want to encourage you guys to do that. Uh, Zach, what would you add? Yeah, first I actually just want to throw in some random little things for the listener that sure. might be helpful. Um, we talked about a whole lot of different episodes and referred back to different things, and so I just want to tell you guys where those are actually found. Oh, that's good. Uh, so one of the things that we talked about was just the seven-stage journey, and so you can hear our full explanation of what that consists of in episode season one, uh, episode one, so 1.01. Uh, we also talked about sweet and sour. So these were a lot of lenses we talked mm-hmm. about, and that's in 1.02. The whole idea of eternal, internal, and external is 1.03. Be, do, have. And so really developing that internal character before you start uh, seeing the that actions. work out yeah. in actions is 1.04. Flight, fight, persevere, which you just spent a lot of time talking about, is 1.06. And then just the whole idea of know thyself and figuring out how God's wired you. Uh, that's the entirety of season two. Uh, and so we would really encourage you guys to look through all that. And I think it's also worth noting that we don't want you guys to just blindly accept what we're saying. Uh, we don't want you to just say, well, they've said it, so that's that's the truth. Uh, we do, we've spent a lot of time looking into these things and exploring it, discussing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a four-week group like we've described earlier. Um, but we... We do think that we have a pretty complete understanding, but we recognize that we may be missing something. And so if you guys are disagreeing with us, uh, we would really just encourage you uh, to first just trust us a little bit with the process we've gone through, that we have uh, gone through, and we've been looking into God's Word. We've been searching, praying, uh, desiring to have a biblical understanding of this topic. But then also, we would encourage you guys, if you do have different things that you disagree with to go through the study mm-hmm. um, w- with a small group yourself and see what conclusions you come to. Um, because I think it's really easy to sit back and be a critic and say, no, I disagree with that. Uh, and I do. Uh, okay. Why? And so really beginning to look into all of the different details. Um, that's just a little something that I wanted sure. to throw out there. And then really just an encouragement for you guys and just where my heart's at is I just really would love for you guys to actually give this a try. Uh, I talked earlier about how this really is just overlooked, at least in my life. Uh, It's easy to say, well, no, I don't really need to do that. But 
Um, hopefully we've been able to explain why this is so important and why this is something that we've all tried to do. And so I really would just encourage you guys to give this a shot and really move hope from the back burner uh, and just this thing that you might add in sometimes depending on what's going on. But really try and push it forward more in your mm-hmm. thinking and have that be more on the for- forefront of uh, your day-to-day life just having this confident expectation in the different things that we've talked about. And so then you can really begin to see that transformation that comes from a biblical view of hope. Yeah, good. So that's it. That's the end of the study. Um, we, we really do hope that you guys got encouraged. Um, there was some sort of conviction or illumination or confirmation or or what have you. Um, if it did, please feel free to, to comment uh, you know, or give a little review in the comments below. Uh, or if you think there's somebody else that could really get a lot from the study, then just share that link with him. Uh, if you have any more questions about anything you, you would like us to elaborate, you can feel free to go to the to the website, the uh, rekindlingministries.org. You can also email us at info at rekindlingministries.com. And um, we'll sign off with that. Again, so next episode will be heaven, the, the greatest fulfillment of, uh, of all our hopes and all that that entails. And uh, I do pray that this, is, uh, this has been encouraging for you guys. So thanks very much, and have a good time. See you next week.